Have you ever wanted to start a family devotion with your family, but didn't know where to start? God's important to me, but how can I make sure my kids know that? Well, you're in luck. Today, I've invited Dustin Lee, children's pastor from First West. Hey, guys. And he's going to share with us some insights and tips on how to have a good, successful family devotion. Dustin, it's so good to have you back. Are all the camps over with? Have y'all had all the vacations yet? Yes, uh, camps are over. VBS is over. Today, our kids' ministry team started making these really cool visits called Front Porch Visits. Oh, cool. So where we go to people's homes and have a party on their porch, we bring (laughs) them lunch. Today was pizza. It's just a lot of fun. We also have our staff retreat, Mm -hmm. uh, the church where I serve. And we're also preparing for the fall in kids' ministry. Oh, fun. So a lot more friend things, but it's still gearing up for more things to come. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the meat of things today. Today, we're talking about family devotion. So just tell us, like, what is a family devotion? You know, that's a great question. It is a designated and consistent time to gather as a family to read God's word and to share what he is doing in each member of the family unit in the home. Man, that's kind of sound a little bit of a mouthful, but good (laughs) stuff, though. Good stuff. So what exactly does that look like? I would say that it's really where you gather together to read the Bible yeah, and you get to share about what God is doing in your life within the family unit and mm-hmm. giving an opportunity for every member of the family. No, it doesn't matter how small or large your family is, but you know what's really important mm-hmm. is to have a set time mm. to make it short, simple, and have it as a normal part of the rhythm of your family. Okay. All right. That sounds pretty good. A little bit more doable. All right. I think that we can all agree that family devotions are good, you know, but what specific growth points can we measure from that? Like, you know, what are the benefits? Just, you know, can we list them out for our family devotion? Probably the biggest benefit is gospel conversations Mm -hmm. and knowing that you get to hear exactly what God is doing in each member of the family, which is something really neat. And I know that within my own family, when we do family devotions, I think about how God has really moved in those conversations. Uh, Not that it's a one conversation, Mm -hmm. but to see the progression of God, how he's moved in the heart of uh, two of our children who have made faith decisions Mm -hmm. and and really just having the honor and privilege as a dad and and my wife, Alicia, uh, just to be able to talk through and, and just to listen to them and to see God move in, in their lives. Yeah, that would be really cool because friendships in general, when you're able to go to that deeper level, to mm-hmm. me, knowing someone on a deeper, you're able to know someone on a deeper level when you know they're a Christian. Absolutely. And they share that spiritual bond, you know, the unity we have with Jesus. So, like, I can only imagine with the family, yeah. you know, you know, because sometimes siblings bicker sometimes. (laughs) Don't they all? (laughs) You know, and, you know, spouses too. But if you're able to end your day with like, you know, we are united in Christ and just hearing how he's moved in each other's lives. Absolutely. And I think that the best picture of it, it's like a team huddle. Yeah. Like you're huddling up together. Yeah. And just to say, hey, like, hey, we're one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, our, our family, um, you know, one of the things that we ask our children, we'll ask them, what is your name? Mm. And they said, uh, Lee. Yeah. And we said, huh? what do Lees do? And they say, we love each other and we serve each other. So we think about like like the really 
mm-hmm. the mission statement of our home. Are we doing those things? Yeah. So there's moments when they're not doing those things mm-hmm. where we reemphasize yeah. Really, you know, that application is coming from a Bible truth that we, that we want to model Christ yeah. in our home for them. Yeah, that's great. That's real great. And I can also see how it would be really just moving to, you know, like, man, like, let's say you're just having, you know, your bad day. Mm-hmm. You're no good, awful, terrible, no good day. But you see how God moved in your child and how moving that could be for you, you know, Absolutely. to like help soften your day or soften your heart. You know, I think that's something really sweet. Something I look forward to because my baby still can't really talk to me. We learned the word dog and we say go and help. But help sounds more like help. (laughs) But that's as far as we got. But I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah. You did mention gospel conversations a little bit earlier. What exactly does that mean? I'm assuming Jesus is somewhere in that. Yeah. You know, gospel means good news, Mm -hmm. which is something to be totally excited about. But really, uh, the gospel is the truth of Jesus that transforms us, transforms Mm -hmm. the family unit. And it's sharing who God is and, and what he's doing. It's as simple as that. Okay. So just, you know, seeing how Jesus moved in our lives for that day. Absolutely. The uh, hard times and Mm -hmm. the great times. Yeah. I think it's a good practice, too, to start that at a young age because, you know, I've met some adults that struggle with that. Oh, well, how did God, you know, how's God moving in your life? And they're Mm -hmm. like having to really think and ponder on it, you know. And but if you get in that practice, you can see it 24-7 you know, all day, every day of how God's moved in your mm-hmm. life and in other people's lives. Absolutely. So I think it's really great when you start with that young, it makes it a lot easier to do that. Um, well, we talked about in the Sunday service, would that be considered a family devotion? Yes, absolutely. It could, mm-hmm. it could definitely be a part of it. Typically, when we have Sunday lunch, you know, if our kids want dessert, we're going to ask them, what was the message about today or or what did they learn in their life group? It's always incredible to know and to hear what kids remember. Yes. In their perspective. Sometimes it's like, (laughs) wow, how'd you get that out of that? (laughs) And let me tell you something, Brandy, kids are always listening. Mm -hmm. They are sponges and (laughs) um, it's always neat to, to see them learning and growing. Yeah. How often should families strive to have a family devotion? You know, like, because if you just do it on Sundays, is that good enough? Is it like a once a week daily thing? Like, what should we be striving to have these conversations? I think the goal would be daily. Yeah. And, um, but you know, if you don't have one, uh, start, start small, start mm-hmm. once a week. The great thing about a family devotion, if you ever get out of the rhythm of it, you can pick it right back up. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of of the word um, rhythm, you know, I think it's really important in the family devotion is to have a set time. Yeah. The key is short and simple. Short and simple is you want to keep a rhythm of it. And I'll, I'll be honest, Brandy, Alicia and I struggled and we really rebombed at the beginning of our family yeah. devotion adventure and journey. So we first we wanted it to be at bedtime because, yeah. you know, like when you think of like reading your kids, the Bible, oh, yeah, Bible story, the Bible yeah. story right before bed, Brandy, it was like hurting cats. <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> it was so bad. The kids were tired. We were tired. So then we're like, hey, well, let's start the day fresh. Mm-hmm. Before we go to school. So we tried it in the morning. 
that did not work either. Yeah. So we knew that a family devotion was something that was very important to us, but we were trying to find what would be the best rhythm. Mm -hmm. So Alicia and I were celebrating 10 year wedding anniversary in New York City. Oh, and fun. It was so much fun, Brandy. Yeah. And when we were eating dinner with some friends of ours mm -hmm. in Jersey, they have small children. Yeah. And at the end of the meal, they prayed instead of the beginning. And I was like, huh. that's different. Yeah. That is different. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And so, and so I asked the mom, I said, so why do you pray at the end of the meal? And she said, well, their bellies are full and they're content. Mm. And I was like, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. That is a great point. So when we came back from our trip from New York, mm -hmm. we still pray at the beginning of yeah. our meal time at night, mm -hmm. but we shifted our family devotion time at the end of the meal. Mm -hmm. And we have now been doing it for four years straight and wow. it works wonderful for us. So we're already around a table. Yeah. The bellies are full, but we do keep it short. And simple. Mm -hmm. So you said short, like how short are we talking? Is it five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes long? Like you know, how? It, it, it can look different at mm -hmm. different seasons, depending upon if you have, you know, toddlers. If you have yeah. toddlers, you want it to be super short. Super short yeah. Even if you have elementary children, you still want it to be under 10 minutes. Okay. So I would say, you know, five to 10 minutes if you have young children. Yeah. Well, how do you like, how do you accomplish that? How do you keep it under like five minutes or under around that time? You know, I, I think probably the two most important things to a family devotion mm -hmm. is reading the Bible, reading God's word. Okay. And the second is prayer. Okay. And so one tool that you can use is a family devotion. Yeah. And um, there, there are some that you can find that list like a topic, mm -hmm. that list a Bible verse. And then that kind of goes through the application process and then gives you like a prayer at the end that you can read. Do you have a favorite type of book like that, like family devotion book like that? I do. I do. One is called A Little God Time for Kids. It's a 365 daily devotional. Okay. And so tonight, our nine-year-old Lucas is leading the devotion. So after this oh, podcast, my. I can't wait to hear him lead out with yeah. that. So it's not just mm -hmm. me as the dad. I, I do believe it's important for the dad to help mm -hmm. lead out with the family devotion. But my, my wife, Alicia, sometimes leads. Last night was my daughter, Micah. She read the devotion. So if it's okay, I, I would like to, yeah. Yeah, to read a, a little bit of that. So the title of the family devotion last mm -hmm. night. So was no surprises. Mm. And it says here in the Bible verse from first Peter four twelve. it says, dear friends, don't be surprised by the terrible things happening to you. The trouble you are having comes to test you. So don't feel as if something strange were happening to you. Hmm. So, and here's the application, a, a part of, of this devotional. It says strange things happen sometimes. Would you think it was strange if you found an elephant in your backyard, which in this <laughs> moment, all of my kids cracked up laughing now, which yeah. is funny for our breakfast in Bethlehem production mm -hmm. at our church. Mm -hmm. I almost had camels in my backyard, oh, but they goodness. decided to unload them at the church the day yeah, before. Yeah, because we did see so those. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in our family <laughs> devotion. Yeah. And then it says, what about 
if your mother served you broccoli for breakfast. Oh, no. And all of our kids were like, no, yuck. (laughs) It says, yes, that would be strange. It says, when we go through hard times, the Bible says that we shouldn't think it's strange. God knew that life would be tough sometimes. He said to expect those hard times so you can remember that God is in control and will take care of you. Now, that's not strange. It's wonderful. And that's the end of the devotion. Wow. So what we do in our family is whoever is leading the devotional gets to pick the person who's going to say the prayer at the end. Mm -hmm. So our three-year-old read the prayer last night. But right now, I would like to ask Brandy to read the closing prayer. Okay. So it's right there. Okay. Uh, God, help me to get through the tough times because I know and I believe that you are good. Amen. Yeah, amen. And so once we read the family devotion, then every member of our family, we have, uh, we're a family of seven. My wife and I have five children. We all share our low, which I'm always surprised Mm -hmm. by the low. And then... The second would be they're hot. But last night, what we did is we, everyone, you know, that could share, not our 10-month-old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carolina just can't, can't do it right now. She, she was eating <laughs> sketty. She was very excited about that. <laughs> but one of the things that we talked about was the hardest time that you've ever went through in your life. Mm, mm-hmm. And I was really surprised what my kids said. But then wow. we also shared where we have seen the greatest uh, moment of God's faithfulness. Wow. I teared up a little bit when my daughter said, when I asked Jesus into my heart wow. and I became a Christian. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are some really great strategies right there. Are there any others you might could think of that would be really helpful for Abs- um, absolutely. having successful devotions? There's a lot. One of the ones <laughs> that we did as our family is Kingdom Family Devotion by Dr. Tony Evans. Oh, okay. It, it's really good. However, in my opinion, that's geared towards older elementary and mm-hmm. families with teenagers. Okay. Yeah, that's a good tool. I mean, yeah, because as they age, you know, we can't. I like the elephant and the broccoli is funny, you know, for the young ones, but not so as engaging for the older ones. So, yeah, that's right. That's good. So I have my twofold question. So what is the goal, you know, of the family devotion? Like, how can we know, you know, what's the bullseye for when you do it? Like, you know, how can you measure your success that mm-hmm. you did it, that you know that you did it right? When we look in the Bible, we see that God creates the first family in the book of Genesis Mm -hmm. and how he created the family unit before he even ordained the church Yeah, and his love for the family unit. And you you think about the first family was Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. and things were not always easy. And from the very first family, things got sticky and they were messy, but you know what? God had a great plan and he loved them. Now in Proverbs 22, six, it says, train up a child, and the way he should go. And when he is old and gray, he will not depart from it. And now when you talk about the word goal, that's what I think about is training up our children in the way that they should go. Because what an honor as as a parent to train up your child and to pray for your child. Mm -hmm. And thinking about moments like these where we carve out intentional time as a family unit to talk about the things of God and what he is doing. I think about how God loves the family like no one else. Mm-hmm. And how God 
desires to speak to each member of the family unit. And, you know, to share Jesus and to hear what God is doing in each member of the family unit, life gets busy. Yeah. And sometimes you just really need to be intentional with carving that time out. Yeah. I guess with anything, you know, you, I think there's like a little phrase that says like, if it's important to you, you'll, you'll make time for it. Absolutely. You know, that little phrase was told to me when I was very young and dating people. <laughs> That's what my mother told me. It's like, well, if you're important, they'll make time for you. And you're like, oh. but that Wise definitely words. applies to uh, so many things. Like, you know, if it's important to you, just kind of like with money, like, you know, you put your money where your mouth is, put your money into things that are important to you. You know, that's a really great way to see what's important. And same with time. You know, if it's if it's important, you'll make time for it. That's right. Yeah. And when we're thinking about the topic of family devotion, children learn by what's modeled for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for yeah. a child to see their dad read the Bible or to see their mom pray out loud for them, mm-hmm. that just speaks volumes. Yeah. And you think about in the years of parenthood and raising your children, you're really laying a foundation. A strong one. You know, I think it helps make it easier to live it outside the home too, because mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not this mysterious thing, you know, because you, you're able to answer questions from other people who maybe don't have a home like that. Cause it's just, it's just like anything else. Like, Oh, well, you know, we just do this or we do that. And you're able to more easily explain it, or at least that's been my experience. Because <laughs> I kind of grew up in a home like that. And we had constant conversations and it was just every day, like, like you'd ask about anything else. Like, I hope my mother won't mind me saying this, but I probably was in high school. She asked me one day, like, Brandy, like, what do you think about the saints of old? Where do you think, you know, where they went? Because it mentioned in scripture, they go to Abraham's bosom. And the reason I mentioned that is like, it was just an everyday conversation. Mm-hmm. I, which at the time I didn't realize wasn't normal. Because <laughs> for me, it was to have a, a conversation about scripture that way, just kind of pondering the things that aren't so concrete for us in this side of heaven, you know, and that it was much later when I was in my college years where I realized, Oh, not every family that has believing parents. Yeah. Talk about things like that. Come on. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, thinking about the family devotional, you know, children to see their parents reading the Bible in their Mm -hmm. quiet time You know, I'll never forget, uh, I was in high school. I had no clue what a quiet time Mm -hmm. is. And to this day, one of my lifelong best friends, Luke Cook, came to me and said, hey, we're hanging out after church. I would love to hang out with you. And then approached me about discipling me (laughs) and showed me what it was to have a quiet time. And, you know, that was such a rich time for me in my life Mm. because I'm such a visual person. Yeah. And for him to show me what his quiet time looks like. You know, I, I was just so hungry yeah. uh, to go deeper in, in my walk with Christ. And it was because someone took the time to show me. Yeah. Yeah. I think for most things, we always kind of need to be led by the hand, at least at first. Absolutely. You know, yeah. You know, I had lunch today with uh, just faithful friends throughout the years, Doug mm-hmm. and Michelle Lawrence. She's a, a fellow kid minister mm-hmm. and. You know, they have just spoke wisdom into my life and also uh, my neighbors, Jana and Charles Hutzler. Okay. She serves on staff. She is our um, school-based ministry director. 
for and, Broad and Horizons, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And she, yeah. Just an awesome couple in mm-hmm. um, in our neighborhood. I mean, we all hang out together. It's like really something. That's super special. Because not everyone does that. No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Alicia and I, we have learned much from them. Mm-hmm. But so I got some advice from Janet, and she recently taught a grandparenting Bible study at our church. And it's really talking about the strengthening your family and passing on your faith. Mm. And so a part of that study was these five phases of parenting. Number one is the toddler and preschool years is talking about how this is laying the foundation of the caregiver. Mm -hmm. You know, you're providing every need. Yeah. And then when you think about the phase of the elementary years, Mm -hmm. They use the word commander. I like the word leading better. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. So it like, sounds a little bit better. <laughs> so di- dictator, like, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the teen phase, the teenager phase is the word coach. Yeah. And the early adulthood is counselor. Mm-hmm. And then adulthood is consultant. I agree with all of these so far. <laughs> I thought that wasn't that good. good. I was like, Jana, thank you for sharing that with yeah, me. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, but w- when we talked about what family devotions can look like in each mm-hmm. phase, and if you think about time is going to fly by when mm-hmm. you have your children, everyone said it's going to go by quick. And I could tell you right now, I-, I can't believe I already have an almost 10 year old. Yeah. It's crazy, double digits. Whoa. And so, and I think about that, f- that phase of, Caregiver mm-hmm. and leading and laying a foundation for your children is huge. It's huge. I think well, what an opportunity that we have to make a kingdom impact as parents. Yeah. You know, my mother-in-law has been doing that, that grandparenting book and I asked her just yesterday, like, oh, are you enjoying that? She's like, yeah, yeah, it's really great. Really good. Come on. Well, so, it's, uh, my mother-in-law yeah. is doing the study yeah, as well. She's doing it. She's really enjoying it. Cause I think that's great. You know, cause sometimes you get to that stage and you're just like, oh, my job is just to give you all the sweets and let you do whatever you want, you know, <laughs> but just recognizing that, no, you still can have a huge impact, Come on, you know, on your grandkids and what, and how they perceive Christ and just seeing you living that out continually. Because my grandmother, in this, this meant a lot to my mother and I, it was her mother and Bless it. She passed away during the COVID time. So mm. it was difficult because she was in the uh, nursing home and we weren't able to see her as much as we wanted to because it was in the, the COVID right in the middle of all that. <laughs> but it was, but my, only like, you know, like my mom was like one of the few that could go visit her because you could only have one or two. Right. And so she was the one. She also had um, all timers and whatnot. And some would say, like, at that point of a person's life, because she was close to 80, you know, what's the point? You know, what's the point of the, what kind of quality of life do you have? And, you know, why doesn't God go ahead and take them or whatnot? It was such a blessing to hear from one of the other um, CNAs there that said, oh, your mom is such a praying woman. Wow. Because, you know, she would have sometimes where it was where she was lucid and sometimes, you know, where it was, you know, there and not and but when it was that's what came out you know and it was it, it made us feel good to know that even the other things were stripped away that that part of her was so central because hmm. we knew that that was a big part of yeah we yeah we know you know but it was also great to know that you know there was purpose in her life there was purpose even in that part for her to be at that nursing home you know that 
because that woman there obviously meant something to her. Absolutely. You know, that impacted her. So that was just, I don't know, all that to say, like, it was great. I mean, we're not talking about family and family legacy and grandparenting. That was an impact for me, you know, and I'm still her granddaughter, (laughs) you know, to know that and have that example for me too, that no matter what throughout my whole life, you know, my, my life and my relationship with God is always going to matter. That's so good. Well, that was a good story. <laughs> I'm glad you shared it. Yeah. So do we have any, any other thing you can encourage our families with a best way to encourage a family that could be struggling to facilitate a family devotion? You know, one of my good friends and mentors in kids ministry is Diana Penley, who serves as the kids minister at Prestonwood Baptist Church. Oh. And I've learned so much from her. You know, one of the key things to her ministry as a kids minister, mm-hmm. but also just as a mom yeah. is, is intentionality. Mm. And so um, I, I would say um, my encouragement would be is intentionality. Yeah. Uh, make it a priority. Uh, start small. Go for it and have fun. Yeah. I guess, you know, just not... <laughs> Oh, it didn't work this week. We just can't make it work. You yeah. Know? Just got persevere and figure out what works for you and keep going with it. Absolutely. You know, which is the same for almost anything, you know. That's Whether right. Whether it's figuring out, like, you know, if you want to eat more healthy or something like that, I figured it'd probably be the same deal. But yeah, I, I find that encouraging to know because sometimes I'm a little bit of a perfectionist at times. <laughs> and it's like, if it didn't work out the first two or three, five times I tried it, I'm like, well, not for me, but it's good to be reminded of like, no, just keep plugging at it. It'll, it'll work itself out. You know, so it's good. Well, Dustin, this has been a great conversation. I have a framework now. I'm so glad for me personally, and hopefully some other people do too, with some good handles of how to, you know, make their devotions good with their families, you know, and it's been such a great privilege for you to come out and share with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. My name is Dustin. And this is my story of the middle. I'm your host, Brandy Bostic, and you'll be listening to the Up From The Up podcast. Next week, we'll be talking with worship pastor Brad Jett, discussing the topic of worship. You won't want to miss it. Psalms 40, verse 2. He brought me up from a dissolute pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure.